Hi everyone and welcome back to Psychic Trash. If I'm being so real, I'm nervous about my laptop. The con the continuity of my laptop is no longer. She she's at her wit's end. Oh, like literally right I don't know what just happened to this audio clip, but my computer just like froze and glitched and freaked out and everything paused and then it started going again. <laughs> oh no. So I, I I've had this laptop for how long have I had it now? Uh, probably, I think I got it freshman year of college. So it's honestly not really that old. It's only five-ish. It's almost five years old. But she has all the pop-ups. Uh, like, you know when you get the protection services, like Nordst Nordstrom Rack? No. It's like it's called like something like that. It's like Nordic or whatever. Um, I get those pop-ups all the time, but I feel like they're not even protecting my computer anymore. I don't know. Then the pop-ups look like, oh, protect your computer from viruses, but the pop-ups look like a virus. So I don't, I don't trust it all. But every time I open my laptop, I have to close out of like 15 tabs before it even starts to work. And not to mention that it literally huffs and puffs and goes like, like even to power up. It's, that's just not not good and so every time I record an episode I'm like I'm so anxious and nervous that it's not gonna actually go through or work uh I, I don't know I and I don't want to get a MacBook I know everyone has them but every Apple product it, like has its own problems to it I I don't know I just I love my computer I have an Asus laptop it's like if you know me you've seen it it's that big chunky monster computer with the light up keyboard because I'm what a gamer that's right um, but I don't know I just love it it has a good power to it but it definitely I haven't done the maintenance on it that I probably should have because I don't really understand things about technology I like technology and I think I know how to use it well but I don't think I actually um I don't think I've actually uh I know what I'm doing um okay I want to address uh, a controversy because of course I have a podcast record three episodes and there's an issue <laughs> it's not a big deal actually um but last episode uh two things I <laughs> that February is kind of like a shitty month and shouldn't exist and then I like realized um all of my friends have birthdays in February <laughs> so if you are an Aquarius um I would like to formally apologize to you on the podcast um February is valid February is beautiful and um yeah <laughs> um and then my other controversy is the groundhog um what's his name i hold on someone told me what it actually is called because i said pensatucky phil because that's what i i genuinely thought it was that apparently it's called puxatani phil i still don't know what puxatani is i'm gonna oh wait i'm gonna <laughs> look it up right now because <laughs> to me puxatani sounds that's a fake name puxatani okay all that's coming up is taxidermy so Oh, I just can't spell. Wait. Puxaton. Punxa. Wait, hold on, hold on. P-U-N-X-S-U-T-A-W-N-E-Y. Puxatani? Okay, yeah, I guess it's a real place. In southern Jefferson County, Pennsylvania. Oh. Okay. Work. <laughs> a population of 5,000. My hometown had a population of... Um, 1100 when I left 1100 people that's an actual small town Mary I lived in a hamlet I didn't even live in a town I lived in a hamlet yeah no one <laughs> no wonder it fucking became a Shakespeare nerd I was like I live in a hamlet no oh, oh my god guys last night <laughs> I went to a party last night it was so much fun I saw people and friends that I haven't seen in years and it's just like it's so fun to have known people at a certain like point in their life I knew them when they were like 16 years old and we talked about like our lives and our dreams and what we want to do and where we want to be and then to see them in the future like in New York City like living their dreams it was really cool um so it's just really nice to reconnect with people after you know a long time of being away and not it, it's hard to keep in contact with every single person that you meet throughout your whole life and you you have those special bonds and those special connections but sometimes you lose touch with people and it's like 
there's just too many people that you're going to meet in your life to be best friends with everyone forever, you know? But it was really awesome. And it was my first time going to a party where I didn't know every single person that was going to be there in a very long time. You know, like, and that was why I was like, oh, I'm when you're talking to people and they're like, oh, who do you know here? That is crazy because my previous experience has always just been um, college parties where we know everyone. So that was that was just bizarre. Totally, totally bizarre. At this party, first of all, Lee was with me and Josh was with us um, because Josh and I have those same mutual friends, but from different circumstances. So it was like this weird triangle thing where he knew these two people from high school and from high school theater in Albany. And I knew them from this weird, weird acting conservatory Meisner camp, like crazy thing that was only like two months in one summer back in 2016, 2017. And so then I met Josh in college and we were like, wait, how do you know this person? (laughs) And like, it was just a weird connection. But anyways, we were sitting like in a corner in a bench and one, uh, one person comes up to me and Lee and they're like, I love your guys' energy. Like you really are just like, you're such grannies. And I have never taken a compliment more like wholeheartedly before. I was like, thank you so much for calling us me a granny because I'm wearing like everyone's like in like slutty clothes and I'm wearing a sweater and jeans (laughs) and like mom jeans. And I was like, Lee, let's find somewhere to sit. And we were just sitting and waiting for people to come to us to talk. And I was sitting right next to the food. So I could just keep eating the food. And I was really living for that. But okay, here's the crazy part. So I had my hair kind of in like a half up, half down moment because my mullet has kind of grown out a little bit so I can do that now. And I'm getting, I'm too lazy to get it cut. And Katie, if you're listening to this, can you please cut my hair? Uh, (laughs) But I had it like half up, half down. And I was sitting next to these like really sickening camp. Hold on. There's a fucking snow truck, salt truck coming by. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for making it safe outside. So I won't slip. Can you be quiet? I'm doing something really important right now. Like, okay. All right. No, no, no. I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay. Thanks. So, anyways, like I was saying, I was sitting next to these really cute candles, and I lean back, and I come forward, and I'm just talking to this girl about something, and then all of a sudden, Lee's like, Hunter! Hunter! Hunter, your hair's on fire! (laughs) Hunter, your hair's on fire! And, like, no hesitation at all. I just, like, slammed my head down, and Lee just, like, patted my head and got the fire out. And then I was like, oh my god, my hair caught on fire, and it smelled really bad. But literally, here's the craziest part. Nobody noticed except for me, Lee, and Josh. Even the person we were talking to didn't notice. But like, oh my gosh. Like I had always, you know when you did like fire safety in school and stuff, they were always like, oh, make sure you blow out candles or like be careful with long hair around candles. Always tie up your hair, blah, 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 whatever. I was like, oh, psh, that's never, whatever. That does, That's not real. People's hair don't catch on fire, bitch. Oh, I- my hair was on fire. There's a huge, I have a chunk of my hair that's just like gone now. Um, you know, most people in the like old Victorian days died by burning to death because they wore such huge and heavy dresses that when they like went to like stoke the fires or whatever, they'd kneel down and the bottom of the dresses would catch on fire, but they didn't have enough mobility in their dresses to like put themselves out. So they'd just get engulfed in flames and fucking burn. <laughs> that was horrible. Why am I laughing about that? It's my ancestors. My witch ancestors. That was a different kind of burning, though. Yeah, my week has was crazy. I feel like I'm really getting sucked into the whole work every day of your life, work to make money, make money to pay things, and then repeat. Like, it's it feels um, palpable. <laughs> like, I, I, I wouldn't say I like it, but I'm like, okay, no, I, I get it. It makes sense. It's a... It's a cog. Like, here we go. It's it. And you're realizing that the good things in life are like the tiny moments and the things that you find that are fun and the activities you do. And you just, you kind of just have to get used to everything costs money. And yeah, it blows, but hey, welcome to America. Like, that, honestly, anywhere you go, you're going to have to pay money to do something. So. 
here we are. But um, so cheers to being an adult, everyone who is listening to this and is post-college or about to graduate college or way, way, way past college. Um, raise whatever you're drinking. Right now I'm drinking a black coffee. And cheers to um, life and our demise. Okay. But on a positive note, I'm feeling like happy. I feel re- I feel good. Um, I have been really consistent about going to the gym, uh, which is crazy because I'm working like a, a nine to five basically. And I'll go to the gym after work. Like what? It's crazy. Like being outside of the theater grind a little bit because I don't have like rehearsals. So, like every hour of the day isn't like scheduled out by something. I mean, I am dying to be in a play right now. I would love to do some theater. Um, but it's also really nice to like do a job, learn at this job, which is really fun, <laughs> make some money and then come home and like do my own personal care and stuff. Um, just trying to create healthy habits for myself. I come from a background of some addictions and some poor choices, I'd say. So uh, I'm just like actively trying to combat that now in my adult life. And I feel lucky to be so young and to be being proactive about those things just because I saw what it was when it wasn't proactive. So uh, I implore anyone listening to this that if you have uh, any history of any uh, bad addictions or health scares or anything in your family, do the work now because you're going to thank yourself later if you start it when you're younger. And it's really not, it's not too hard. Something, oh my gosh, I've been, I've been trying to stretch that one's just for me. It's just not clicking yet, but that's the next thing I'm working on health wise is to stretch. So like I'm going to the gym, but I'm just like going, working out, leaving and not taking the time to stretch. I'm just like, I just sit and that's fine. My body's recovering, but I should also, when your muscles are warmed, you should, you should stretch them because it's easier for them to stretch then than when they're fucking ice cold. And like, if you just sit, they're going to, yeah, it's not good. It's not good for your joints. It's not good. It's not good. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just like, it takes so much time. It's a lot, but I'll get around to it. I'm working on it. Um, how was everyone's Valentine's day? Um, our, our actual Valentine's day was pretty normal since, uh, we both had to work. I got, um, called into drunk Shakespeare on Valentine's day night, which was really fun. So, um, if anyone doesn't know, um, I occasionally work as a stage manager for drunk Shakespeare off Broadway. Um, it's very, it's a good time. I love the people there. Everyone's so nice and fantastic. It's a perfect little side gig. They're great. And, uh, I would like to keep staying with them for as long as I can. Um, but yeah, so that was fun. Uh, it was a fun surprise because Lee had to work at, uh, the place she works at. And I thought that I was just going to be alone, but no, I got to hang out with uh, my fun adult actor friends. But then the night before, uh, I had work in the morning, but not in the night. And Lee had off and Lee made me homemade ravioli. Oh my God. It was so good. It was like, um, it was like a, a butternut squash and Parmesan cheese and breadcrumb filling. Oh my God. It was really good. It was delish. And then we made edible arrangements together. So <laughs> Lee got a bunch of fruit and chocolate and we melted the chocolate down and dipped like grapes, strawberries, pineapple, apples in the chocolate on skewers and put them in like a vase and tried to arrange it to be <laughs> like a beautiful flower bouquet. <laughs> and, so if anyone's watched um claire uh the, what's the test kitchen youtube where claire that girl claire would make um she would make different she would like snickers kit kats and like try to make a gourmet version of them um you have to temper chocolate and we just kind of melted the chocolate so tempering chocolate is where you like melt it but it, you melt it at a certain temperature lay it on like a parchment sheet and then it has to like crack and not like fall flake basically is the idea. You want it to snap. That's tempering chocolate. Um, we didn't do that. <laughs> we just melted chocolate and dipped it. And it was a melty, sticky, gunky, gross mess. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was cute. It was fun to just like sit around and like make something kind of horrible. And we watched uh, my favorite Studio Ghibli, Spirited Away. Um, I mean, that one's just so good. I I love I love Spirited Away. It's a classic. It's probably also one of the most popular because it's one of the best dubs. I'd say, like the 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 voice acting it, it matches and and the translation isn't like too translationy. It flows and makes a lot of sense. And the music is so good. That and Howls are really just wonderful. Castle in the Sky is another great one. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was really cute. So I hope everyone out there had a good Valentine's Day. And if you don't have a special someone, I hope you uh, spend some time with friends or your roommates or some other family members. And cheers to you. Cheers to everyone in and out of relationships. And uh, if you're having a hard time with that right now, just know that you're beautiful. You're valid everything is going to work out for itself because it, it will. Everyone has good energy, no matter no matter who they are, and you'll attract the right person to you at some point. Uh, so there's that. Cheers. This is like, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling very cheersy today. I'm getting over a bit of a cold. Um, uh, <laughs> so if I sound a little uh, lower energy, that's why my nose is like really stuffy. But uh, guys, emergency, that, that saves your life. That stuff works good. Um, yeah, I started feeling sick on Monday and uh, it's Saturday now. And it's just kind of, I'm seeing the, the other side of the sickness. I'm clearing through. But it was, it was honestly pretty bad. Um, yeah, I was like sneezing all the time. It was like gross. Like it wasn't just like allergy sneeze. It was like I'm sneezing because I'm sick, which is nasty. But I feel better. So take also take care of yourself out there. The weather is being weird right now and changing all the time. I I'll invest in a humidifier. I want to invest in a humidifier. I need it. I need it bad. Uh, yeah. Let's get into what I wanted to talk about today, guys. I'm a quitter. <laughs> I really am. I think I just have really began to value my time and my energy and if something doesn't match with or yeah if something doesn't match what I'm putting out there it's not worth my time and I'm going to leave and I'm going to quit and I know there's other people out there that feel the same but I know there's also some people out there who are like I would never I'm not a quitter I can't quit but will suffer through something just even though it's miserable just because they don't want to label themselves as a quitter. So this is the podcast for you to be like, no, 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 quitting's okay, protect your peace, and there's a good reason for it, and I can assure you that there are. So I made a list of things that I've quit throughout my life, and I'm just going to kind of talk about them all. Um, like, I've quit many things. I'm kind of uh, hitting, like, the big hitters, like, when quitting started for me and when I you know, became addicted to being a quitter. So the first thing ever, um, is sports. So when I was a kid, I, I, well, I came from a really big sports family. Like if you guys know me, my dad was a football coach. My mom was a lacrosse star in high school. So in, and no one ever did theater in my family. None of them. I mean, a couple of my aunts did like some plays, but it never was going to be their like thing, you know? My mom did a play one. I think she was my mom in Sound of Music or she was in Oliver. I don't know. My mom did something. Um, but theater wasn't really a, a thing. So my parents just kind of like pushed me into sports when I was younger. And I played every single sport. I played baseball, football, um, soccer. Soccer was the big one. That one I stuck around for a while. Eventually I played golf. Oh my God. I'll, I'll get there. Um, but I remember... The first time I like quit something was my dad was like, oh, we were in the car together. I was maybe like eight. I don't even know how old I was. He was like, Hunter, like you are really like, you're going to be such a good football player. You're so big, triggering, first of all, like you're so big and large and like you're going to like get so strong and like take everyone down. It's like, you're going to be fantastic at it. And I remember, and like this had been like, he'd been coaching me at like this since I was like little, 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 because of course the football star wants his son to be a football player as well. Like I get it. I get it. But I remember flipping out at him in the car. I was like, dad, you have to stop telling me that I'm going to be this football star because I'm not going to, I don't want to do it. It's not for me. And you have to just quit it and let me do what I want. 
And so that was the first time I was like, stood my ground a little bit. I was like, this isn't making me happy. This isn't making me feel good. And we're done with that. Um, if you hear click clack clacking in the background, it's my heater. Um, Cause she's kicking on because it snowed last night. We got a cute little dusting and it wasn't like the crazy blizzard that we had on. I think it was like Monday or Tuesday. Um, it's like a cute, nice, nice dusting of snow. See, um, Pensatucky lied or Puxa, Puxatonic, Pentatonics, Pentatonics lied. Okay. Fucking beep, bop, boop, doop, doop, shoot. Um, and then uh, the last sport I ever played. Oh my god, this is when I played soccer. I was the goalie, <laughs> so I slowly like quit little sports one by one by one until all that was left was soccer. And then I was the goalie because you didn't have to run, and that was fierce. But my team had been losing every single game that I was the goalie, and the one game I missed was the one game my team won. So I put two and two together, and I was like, oh, I'm a shitty goalie, and they're losing because of me. Yeah, that's embarrassing. I I don't want to do that anymore. And this is when I started realizing, like, oh, I quit things when they're hard, and I don't want to um, work to make it better. And that's maybe not, <laughs> like... I say that I'm a quitter in the way that I'm protecting my peace, whatever, but I have quit a lot of things that were just difficult and I didn't want to try. Um, and that is actually something where I kind of want to voice these things out loud to hear back to myself and be like, okay, Hunter, but look back at that and examine like, oh, maybe you should have stuck that out because it could have helped you out later in life. But sports as number one, that was okay to quit. Um, the last sport I ever played before I stopped playing sports entirely was golf, my freshman year of high school. Um, yes, that's right. I was a golf player. And that was the same year that my Shakespeare program started. And so the golf kind of started in the summer. So it was kind of before school into the beginning of fall. And I remember um, we had like a big tournament, like the last golf thing ever. But it was also the first day of auditions for the Shakespeare play, which was Richard III. And I went to my coach and my dad and I said, hi, guys, like, I was good at golf, too. I was like, I know you really need me to be a part of this tournament and this team, but acting is my passion and that's actually what I want to do. And I have, you have to let me do the audition over the tournament because I, I don't want to, I don't want to play golf anymore. And they were, they were like, okay, that's okay. You can do that. And then look at me now, Shakespeare, the house down boots. And I haven't played golf since uh, Mother's Day 2021. So, yeah. Um, the next thing I quit was... I'm going to start going through them a little quicker now. Uh, the one thing I quit was reading. Um, <laughs> this is actually something that I've brought back into my life recently. But um, back in the seventh grade, I had a teacher who introduced something called reading logs where every single month we would track how many pages and how many books we read and how many hours we spent reading every single day for the entire school year and every week she would grade us based on our progress so we so something i was a, such an avid reader when i was a kid i read so many books and i was reading all the time that's what i did in my free time then the second it became an assignment i resented it i resented it so much i was like what how dare you? And her philosophy was like, I read a hundred books in a year and I'm so smart and you all should do exactly the same as me. Reading is good for you children, but I was already reading. So like, sure, maybe that was for the kids that didn't read and like, yeah, read, read a book this year. Come on. But I was already doing that. So of course I was a goody two shoes student. So I like dug my heels in and was like, okay, I'm going to read more books than I've ever read in my entire life. And I was just burnt out by the end of the year. I, I don't even know how many I read, but probably around 80 or something. And I was over it. So then the second eighth grade started, I stopped reading. And how miserable is that? <laughs> like, I, I, and I just, I didn't pick up another book for years after that. And I would read one book here, two books here, blah, 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 blah. Um, but this year, uh, I don't know why. I just like, something snapped where I was like, I'm getting back into reading and I've read seven books already this year. My goal is 20. Um, but it, I, my goal is to get to 10 before the halfway point of the year, which I think I'm on my way to do. I'm on my eighth book right now. Um, 
So yeah, that's that's a fun goal that I've been working towards. So there's something that I quit but got back into. Um, so here's another thing I quit. My first ever relationship I ever had. Um, I'm not going to say his name because uh, I probably shouldn't. Um, but let's call him... Um, call him Jeffrey. Um, so me and Jeffrey, we were the only two gay people that we kind of knew of in, it was, I think we did it, we did it in eighth grade and that was kind of the only thing really pulling us together. We were in a friend group together and Jeffrey liked, uh, like things I liked. He liked Mario Kart, Nintendo, Animal Crossing. So we had some stuff in common in that way, but we dated and I wasn't really ready to be out yet. So it was a very secret relationship, which was tough. Um, any gay people out there listening, it's really hard to be in a relationship where you want to come out, but your partner doesn't. And I was the one that didn't want to come out yet. And Jeffrey, like, I think by being with me felt really confident, um, like being gay and like, especially with me, like, and was ready to kind of tell the world, and I was not. So I kind of wasn't the best first boyfriend ever. Um, and also, but he also just wasn't it for me. It was really clingy and uh, not not what I needed. I, I was just, it was too much. I was uncomfortable. Um, so what happened is, well, first of all, he told me that he loved me one month in. And then I was like, okay, cute love that for you. I'm not going to say that yet because, um, I don't, I don't feel that. And he was like, yeah, that's totally fine. But then he was doing this like weird thing where he was like texting our group chat and weirdly subtexting me by being like, Oh, I wish somebody loved me. Oh, I don't feel loved. And like kind of guilting me into it. So then I made I made him a video to Taylor Swift's, oh my god, baby just say yes. And I did like, I set up a little camera and I held like cards in front of me that said like, hey, if you're reading this, flip to the next card, I just want you to know, I love you. And it was like, baby just say yes. Oh I can't believe I just said this so cringy, but I didn't actually love him. I didn't love Jeffrey. So, uh, I lied to him to make him feel better. So I, to to protect his peace, I endangered my own. (laughs) So that went on for like one more month of that. And I kind of started distancing myself from him because I was like, I don't know how to break up with him. He's still my friend. He's like in my core friend group right now this is really weird and scary. And it was mostly a relationship through like Facebook messenger. That's when, Oh my God, we had group chats on Facebook messenger. That was like our thing. Why, why did we do that? So weird. So weird. Cause we didn't have like smartphones yet. We all still had like iPods. So they didn't have the capability of texting. Oh man, poor, poor Jeffrey. And the weird thing about Jeffrey is he doesn't have any social media presence like at all. So I've been trying to see him and be like, what does he look like now? Like what's up with Jeffrey? And, uh, no, nothing, nothing at all. Uh, and, um, so what happened is I broke up with him over text over Facebook messenger. (laughs) He texted me and was like, Hey, I feel like you don't love me anymore. And I said, Honestly, Jeffrey, you're right. I don't love you anymore, and I never did, and here's why, X, Y, Z. Pretty pretty rough. Um, But I remember the moment that I broke up with him over Facebook Messenger, the relief I felt was so good. Oh, my God, I sound horrible, but I was like, this poor kid, like, I didn't ever really like him, and... It just what we weren't good for each other, and it was weird. We were like weird gay teenagers, and it was like horny and like awkward, and it was just not. And I wasn't really ready to be out, but kind of here. Okay, here's where maybe it's kind of shitty. Once I broke up with him, he started coming out to people in the eighth grade, and then I got really jealous, so I started coming out to people. To, like so that he wouldn't be the only gay one so that like I, I was like well I'm gay too so eh. 
So uh, that's how I came out to my school. Uh, and then he moved to North Dakota. So then I was the only gay one. So I kind of retro in retrospect, I, uh, what I'm a shit for that really, <laughs> because I wouldn't come out with him like together when we were in a relationship. Cause I was embarrassed. But then the second that I broke up with him and he came out, I came out. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah. So that, uh, Oh, twink Hunter was a mess. Oh baby. Oh, he, him, gay, twinky, fluffy haired Hunter. If you knew her, I'm sorry. I'm so, so, so sorry because what a mess she was. <laughs> okay, the next thing I quit was, okay, I was dying to do some theater that was outside of, um, also, Jeffrey, if you're out there and you're listening to this, um, you're, you're, you're not, but, um, hope you're well. Hope, oh, wait, I know that he had sex before I did, though. I remember hearing about that. <laughs> oh, my God. I, <laughs> cutting that out um anyways um yeah so I remember I wanted to do more theater things outside of my high school because I was getting a little sick and tired of the high school I was like I I this I feel it's very big fish small pond whatever so uh, my mom signed me up for this improv show at the Hudson Opera House and first of all vibes were weird it was run by this crazy eclectic like honestly basically lee but this crazy woman with like big curly white hair and she was like all right everyone and she was always barefoot very much that wearing a caftan literally and was like okay everyone come in a circle and we're all going to chant together and that was my first time experiencing actual theater people (laughs) Because uh, come to find out, most theater people are like that, especially something that's free to join. Um, and the whole premise of the show was that we were going to improv and create our own story. But um, here was the kicker. She picked the theme, and we all had to make the story around it. And the theme of our show, get this, honey, was Africa. And it was a room of about... Uh, 13 white people and we were all to portray a tribe in Africa and tell a story about children and mothers and babies awkward and I was like what what come on now what is this though it was a cool idea and concept we were gonna like come up with our own music and story and I remember the first day or second day that I went um (laughs) first or second day I went we had to do it, like, come up with a random character, whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm some racist, uh, generic African name, said it. I don't remember what it was, but I know I made up a name. And I said, I'm a mother of two children in my tribe, whatever. And then she, like, paused and she said, wait, wait, wait. So you want to play a woman? And I was like, oh, um, I mean, I was just, like, making up a character. And she was like, no, 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 no. I love it. You will be our cross-dresser. <laughs> you shall be our crossdresser, and you will be the mother of the tribe. Sounds good. And I said, "Oh, um, sure. Yeah, yes. Uh, I love it. Thank you, m- madam. Um, great." And that night, well, first of all, looking back, I'm like, "Okay, Tron's fantasy. I was the one, the one, the one, two, one." But, um, the vibes were off and it was weird. And I decided I got in the car when my mom picked me up and she looked at me and she said, Hunter, I said, yeah. She said, are you enjoying this? And I said, no, can I please not come back tomorrow? (laughs) And she said, yeah, it's okay. You don't have to. So we made up some lie that I couldn't come to the performance date because my cousin was getting married or something. And then I got out of that. But that was my first like outside of uh, high school drama experience. And oh God, it was not good. But Mary, yeah, again, it's like protect your peace. And I was like, I cannot be a part of something. I can't be white and do an, a piece on a tribe in Africa and be the, the, the mother of the tribe as a, like a 16 year old boy. Like I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I thought I was being funny. I, <laughs> I thought I was being like the tea hunty as like this little boy. That's going to be like, eh, I'm, I'm the mother of the tribe. And I thought it would just be silly, but she was like, no, that's your character now. And I was like, no, 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 no I don't want to do that. Oh, psychotic. 
Now we're kind of getting into jobs. My first job I ever had, I was a busser at the country club that my dad worked for. Um, and I that was my first job when I was like 16, whatever. And it was fine. It was good. But then I, I did it for two years, um, like winters and summers in between school. And I remember talking to my director, Greg, of one of my Shakespeare shows. And I was like, Greg, I hate this job and it's miserable and it's taking away time from me, like enjoying this play in high school. And like, I'm almost a senior and I want to just enjoy my time here. And he was like, Hunter, it's you can quit your job you know that like it's okay no one's gonna be mad at you you're a child like it will be fine and that was the first time someone had said that to me about a job before because in my mind a job is something that you go to and you do every single day and it's miserable and it's hard but you work through it and you do it and he was like no 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 hunter if the way that you're speaking about it right now you sound so miserable and i do not want you to be a part of that anymore and i was like you know what thank you that's exactly what i needed to hear so my manager texted me one day and she was like, hey, hey, can I put you on the schedule for the upcoming like winter break or whatever? And I said, honestly, no, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> and that was the first job I ever quit. And I was so elated. I felt so good because then I could just focus on being a teenager. And like, I, I'm very lucky and privileged that my like, although I'm not from an affluent family, my mother has always been very supportive of, of me financially, especially in my early years. Like, and even now, she's so good. She's too good for this earth. Like, this poor woman, I can't wait to have her on this podcast because I'm going to. She has done so much for me. And, like, when she had nothing, she gave me everything, you know? Like, and I just can't be more appreciative of that. Of that. Like, it's really... She's so good. Um, next thing I quit, this is a quick one. Every single Rampa game I've ever played, this is like, this section is just for Angelica. So Angelica, I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> a Danganronpa is a game, uh, it's a really cool concept of a game about um, students who go to this academy and they're all like the elite um, swimmer, elite academic, elite whatever. They all have the special skills and they're like the best prodigy in the skill. They get brought to this special school but here's the gag, here's the twist, mama. Um, in order to get out of the school, someone has to murder someone, another one of the students, and then they have to go into a class trial. And if the murderer gets caught, the murderer gets exiled, and then the next day comes and someone else has to get murdered. Basically, that keeps going until one murderer gets away with it. And everyone else will die. So it's like a moral compass game about hope and despair, good and bad. Um, and it, they're very cool. And you play as like a main character and you're the detective kind of. And you, you get to meet and become friends with the other students. And then you see how they die and you get to solve how the person did it. And it's, it's really interesting. It's like this comic book art style. The music is really cool and technical. Um, and the, the voice acting is just phenomenal. But those games are like 50 hours long. And I have, I, I, I played Danganronpa 1 and 2, but I never finished either of them. <laughs> Still to this day. So Angelica, I'm so sorry, but I've never finished them. Um, I watched someone play the third game on YouTube and watch that to the end, but that doesn't count. Like I was watching someone play the game. I've never actually played it myself. Um, like all the way through. So... That's just is a fun one, just for just for the girls who get it. They're just long. They're good games, but they're long, Mary. Okay, this is fun. Um, when I went to college, this is when me quitting things really, really ramped up. Um, <laughs> my, I when I got to college, I was like, yes, I I can't wait. I'm gonna take dance classes, and I'm gonna get voice lessons, and I'm gonna do all these things that were never an opportunity for me back in my small hometown. I'm gonna be the Broadway diva. I'm gonna be the girl, the one, the only one. And <laughs> I take a ballet class, and from someone who had absolutely zero like not even one bit of knowledge of what ballet dance was and to just get thrown into it and it was probably looking back on it it was probably so easy oh my god we were just doing like shen like shenes like girl and i was like i can't do it i can't do it and i was freaking out that whole class i came out of the classroom and i was like okay i am never doing that ever again i can't do it and i was like no ballet no so i took one class of ballet 
and I quit. <laughs> but okay, then after that ballet class, I don't even remember who I was talking to, but I was like, I hated that. I was maybe even Angelica, maybe Lee, but um, I was like, I can't do it, guys. I like can't do it. And they were like, well, there's a modern dance class after ballet, and I think maybe that'll be more up to your speed. It's like a little bit less fast than that. It's more about your like moving your body in interesting ways, whatever. And I was like, okay, okay, because I still really wanted to take a dance class, and I didn't want to give up quite yet. So then I took modern with the teacher who taught modern, and if you know her, she was fierce. I don't think she teaches at Wagner anymore, um, but she was so such a more comforting vibe, and I actually did that class for the whole semester, um, and it was fun. It was good. I thought I was fierce at it, but then I remember I auditioned for the dance project show that year, and like everyone was telling me, Hunter, you're gonna get in this show because you're so fierce in that modern class. Like you're gonna get in, and I auditioned and I didn't get in, and I was like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. Uh <laughs> That was like really the start of me. Like I do it once and then I do it again and then I don't get what I want from it. And I'm like, okay, well that's not, not for me then. I'm going to put it away. Why do I do that? I do that all the time. If it doesn't work out the first time, it's not for me. I'm good. Bye. I'm not going to try again. And that's bad. You know, that's not good, <laughs> especially in this field that we're in. And that's why I haven't auditioned for anything in a really long time. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was like... And then, yeah, so I didn't get into the show and I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm not going to do it anymore. And then I took jazz and that was miserable. That was just miserable. I was so bad at it. If any, Hayden, if you're listening to this, you were in that jazz class. I don't remember who else was in it, but you, I was bad guys. Like don't even, I was such a flop and I didn't like being Floptina Sisterana. I did not, I did not like being bad at something. Uh, people used to tell me I love being the worst one in my dance class because it pushes me. All it did was make me feel worse and it like prohibited me from getting better. Something in my brain, like being the worst at something doesn't push me to be better at it. It doesn't at all. It, it really makes me just like, recoil back into my shell and be like, okay, that's it. I'm not, I'm not good at this. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it anymore. And that maybe isn't the most, that's not a super positive trait, but it's just the truth. And that's just me. So if you listen to this, you can maybe feel better about yourself that you don't do that. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, that, and then, so yeah, jazz, I did jazz one. And also like the pandemic happened when I was taking jazz one and I had to like dance in my home, like on my hardwood floor, like with my, like no, with dog, my dog in the background. It was not. It was not, it was, that, that was not it, Mary. And at the end, the teacher emailed me and it was like, Hunter, I think you should take jazz one again. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> nope. I'll, I'll never see you again. Bye. Because I was so, I'm like, I'm not putting myself through that again. I would probably have never got bumped up to jazz two. That's how bad I was. I can confidently be, I would know. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I, I couldn't turn. I still can't turn. I can't, like, I have no fluidity of movement in my body at all. And here's the thing. In retrospect, I'm like, yeah, I probably, if I stuck it out, I would have ended up being fine. I probably actually would have learned really well and been good. But I don't know. It. I was protect. I couldn't. I don't know. I say that, but it's probably not even true. I just, like, that's, my body doesn't do that. I don't like dancing like that's there's some people who dances their thing you know they love it or it's like a thing that accentuates their theater ability or like it's like another thing that they do and it works for them you know like I don't it's just not it just is not for me so I've quit every single dance thing I've ever done um the next one is the one that I have the most trouble to this day accepting that I quit but knowing also that why I quit makes sense. Um, so I got voice lessons at school. Uh, cool. Uh, oh my God. I got voice lessons at college. Um, and it was something that I had always wanted. I had always wanted voice lessons because I was never confident singing much, even though I was like, quote, quote, the best singer in my like program for the, the quote, quote boys, at least like, I was just kind of loud. That was it, really. And I could carry a tune a bit. 
but I had no real musicality or no real knowledge and absolutely zero technique. So I was excited to get in and learn, right? And then I was doing it for the semester and it was hard and I didn't really want to put in the outside work and it was frustrating and then I would get into the lesson and my teacher would be like, so you didn't practice? And I'd be like, well, isn't that why I'm taking this lesson to learn in the lesson? And he'd be like, well, like, yes, but also you're wasting my time and your time. And I was like, oh, you're, you know what? You're right. And I think it's because I don't care about this. I'm not putting the outside work because I do not care. I don't, I, I like to, I don't like to sing. I, I don't, I don't like singing. I don't. I Every musical I've ever done, I've dreaded the parts where I've had to sing. Really. The one time I did a musical where I felt confident singing was Godspell. So shout out to Alex for being an amazing music director in Godspell at Wagner College because you made me someone who is terrified of singing and terrified of harmonies, terrified of any of that, feel comfortable and confident. So cheers to, cheers to Alex. And Tommy. Tommy, our rehearsal pianist, Fucking cheers. Cheers to you too. And of course the director, Deidre. But I've shout out Deidre enough on this, I feel like. Um, <laughs> boots. Ooh, this is a long one. Yeah, because you know what? Sometimes when I talk about something, when I talk about real life stuff, I can talk about it for eons, Mary. I can keep it, I keep it pushing, keep it going. I'll probably do like a really short drag race review at the end. Um, cause, um, guess who's not even, uh, at the end of this yet. So the next thing I quit that was pretty major, I'd say was, um, Wagner college's, um, theater advisory board. I'm just going to call it what it is. I was going to come up with some code name for it, but no, I quit tab. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, but most of the people listening to this do know. Um, it was the student-led organization that was like the liaisons between the student body and the, the theater faculty about uh, auditions, information, classes, all that, complaints, like all that stuff. C basically like the student council. And I was the freshman representative, then I was the sophomore representative, and then my junior year I was the uh, vice president. And it's canon in tableau that once you're vice president the next year you will become the president and me and my girl kayla kayla i hope you're listening to this kayla kayla was the president when i was the vice president and we were the first presidents to actually kind of address the um racial issues going on in the department um and the discrimination and just like the general poor attitude towards diversity um, and made the strides towards getting those changes and, um, the pushback we got from some of the higher ups was so disheartening to me. And I like witnessed Kayla, I'm just going to say, it, I witnessed you making huge changes and trying so hard to get these people to listen to us and get constantly shut down. And you spent your entire senior year doing that and it probably deterred from your experience i'd say trying every day to make something better for it to never even get looked at like barely to even get an ounce of attention at all and then all of a sudden i was the president and i was sitting all summer and i was so not excited for my senior year of college i was so stressed every single day and I was like why why am I not excited to go back and see my friends and it's because I had this looming responsibility over my shoulders where I knew that I was going to be spending my entire senior year fighting and trying to change a system that is so 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 horribly broken and unchangeable at this point at least from where I was sitting and I didn't want to be the face of disappointment anymore because I had been around when people are like, well, what does tab actually do? What do you, what have you guys actually done? You guys are trying, but nothing's happening. And I was tired of being trying to people please every single person and not 
actually be able to deliver because I didn't have the capabilities or resources to. <sighs> now, I love every single person that's still a part of that organization, but if you've been a part of it, you know how bogus it is, Mary. You know how bogus it is. So I'm just, I just had to say that. Sorry to speak. Yeah, that was probably, that was like controversial tea, uh, at least for me in the moment when I, when I quit that, that was big. That was the first jump I think in my life where I, I became fully, no, 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 no. I'm going to live my life for me. I'm, I can't spend my life fixing everyone else's problems and doing stuff for everybody else. That's just not, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, and you shouldn't do that either. Listeners do things for yourself. Be selfish. It's okay. Be selfish, but don't be a bitch about it. Be a nice person, but you come first. Okay. That is what's the most important. Protect your peace, protect your sanity, live your life. Okay. And that's that on that mama purr. Okay. Um, my second big job quit happened very recently, and this is a very funny and crazy story, so buckle up, everyone. Um, you're getting an extra long episode today. Um, let's call this place, um, the Red House 72. And I worked there as a box office attendant and a live stream operator and also a host of a restaurant. So it was like three jobs all wrapped into one. And the management there was, let's just say, less than adequate. The person who trained me was very kind and nice, but once they trained me, they were kind of hands off. Um, and the actual managers didn't really, um, no one knew what they were doing. No one knew if it was a restaurant or a theater because guess what? It was both and they had to manage both. They should have had a manager for the man the restaurant and a manager for the theater, but they didn't. Um, so like they were never, no one was ever clear on what their roles actually were. Communication was God awful. Um, and, uh, so, uh, the hosting thing was just annoying, but it was pretty straightforward. Like whatever you just like sat people, whatever live streaming was so fun because you got to watch the shows. Uh, you just, you just press, press live, like make sure the link goes out to all the people that bought live stream tickets and you watch it and you record and you move the camera angles. That was fun. And you get to sit next to the tech guy who's really awesome and chill. That was great. Um, but then the box office was awful. So you had to make a seating chart. Uh, through all these horrible steps, like it was so convoluted and hard, and you had to like copy cell sheets in in Excel and then copy it, but as a certain type of document, and then it went into another program, and then from that program you had to put the names into the place. And I don't know if you know this, but theater people and people that have money to go see a theater are usually the worst people in the entire world. Um, everyone feels extremely entitled, especially when it's like. <sighs> the seating arrangements it's not general admission it's like premium like super premium booth and like back and people and there were there were like maybe four good seats in that entire theater and so when people weren't right in the front they were pissed off and i was like mary did you pay the 100 dollar ticket to sit in the front no you paid for the 50 dollar ticket in the back so you're sitting in the back and I need you to not be mad at me about that because that's what you paid for the amount of times i was like well you didn't pay for that and I like had to be, I was like, I'm being that bitchy snippy person at the box office. And I was like, I want to help these people, but they're being annoying, like fully experienced. I'm like, these are Karens that I'm talking to. Anyways, it was frustrating, but the kicking point for me and they were just, all I cared about is money. It was so inaccessible. There were old people that were like tripping over the seats and like, cause all the tables were so close to each other that no one could walk through the aisles. This is important because the show that was going on was a Kimberly Akimbo concert. And if you know the show, Kimberly Akimbo, it's, it's very heavily talks about disability and accessibility in theater and just in general in life. And these people didn't have the forethought to think, Oh, we're going to, we're going to have some people with hand, like disabilities and handicap needs for our theater. And it was a sold out show. So I was making the list 
I got all the people's names, put them in, all that stuff. Full house, full. No more room. We can't put any more people in here. Suddenly, this guy, don't know who he was, comes around the corner and is like, here, I have a list of people that need to be, they're performing in the show and they need a seat. Oh, also, um, six of them have wheelchairs, uh, four of them are blind. So they need to be close and somewhere where the wheelchairs can go. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I, uh, um, okay, 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 yeah, 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 sure. And of course, I'm going to try to be, I'm like trying to be a good worker. So I was like, yes, great, I'll figure this out right away. So I go to a manager and I'm like, hey, girl, like, so uh, we have a full house, but then I just got a list of all these like people that need to be in seats and they're young, they're like little blind girls and like, and they want to sit with their parents, but their parents bought seats in the back and, uh, but they need to be sitting in the front because, uh, they're, they're, they're performing and they can't see. So I don't want them to be all the way in the back and like tripping over things. And, and she was like, oh, um, well, I've never done that before. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. So you just have to figure it out. And I was like, um, What? She was like, yeah, no, just figure it out. Like, it'll be fine. Just figure it out. If there's problems, like, I'll be up there. And I was like, okay, sure. So I go back. Then this guy comes back again. He's like, oh, actually, also, we need um, a table for merchandise. Who should I ask about that? And I was like, oh, talk to the tech guy about that. He'll probably know more. And he was like, great. I go, I walk into the theater and I was just, like, checking stuff out, making sure the live stream was going to happen, whatever. And I overhear this guy going to the tech guy. And he's like, hey, uh, I want to talk to you about, uh, we need to put a table somewhere. And the tech guy goes, oh, ask the box office about that. <sighs> and he had just talked to me. And I was like, and I, I walked over and I said, hi, okay, yeah, you just came over to me about this problem. I don't know the answer. I thought you would know the answer. And he was like, well, I don't know the answer. And I was like, we look like a disaster and a mess right now. I do not want to be a part of something that is so clumsy and unorganized. It is embarrassing you to call yourself a theater and, oh my God, am I going to get blacklisted? No one listens to this. It's fine. So what happened? <clears throat> there was a little bit of a lull. I, I went back to the seating chart. I bumped people who were sitting in the back up to the front so that they could sit with their blind daughters. And I put all the people in wheelchair accessible chairs like towards the front. And some people just got moved into weird seats that they didn't pay for. And I was sitting there and all the other workers, all the wait staff, all the other like ushers, whatever had gone to do the pre-shift meeting in the kitchen. And I sat there and I took a deep breath. I grabbed my bag and my coat and I stood up and I walked out. I walked out of that theater and I went home. <sighs> At this point I had already put in my two weeks just in general because I was gonna quit anyways but this was week one of the two-week notice and I just left. Yeah it was not my proudest moment I will say. I did everything on my part to make the seating chart accommodate the people with disabilities. But I said, I'm not going to be the face of the disorganized mess anymore. And I'm not going to have people yell at me. And I'm not going to have people be like, my little blind daughter can't sit with me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just couldn't be that. I was not going to be that person. I couldn't do it. I could not do it, Mary. So that was the... Um, that was the biggest quit of my life. Um, and it was intense, but it needed to happen and I did it. And now I'm like, feels uh, like I couldn't imagine stepping back into that place. I really couldn't. I really couldn't. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I quit, um, it was vaping to end it on a positive note because you can quit things that are also positive. All actually all of these things that I quit, I think were positive for me, for my health. So yeah, I quit vaping. Um, I started vaping over the summer in like July when I was costuming SpongeBob the musical because it was a stressful time and a friend of mine left their vape at our house and me and Lee were like, oh, great, awesome, love it, it's here. And we kind of got used to being in a stressful environment making literally 50 handmade costumes for SpongeBob, don't talk to me, making so many costumes and then vaping to c cope with the stress. And that habit carried into moving to the city and it was stressful finding a job whatever 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 oh our lives are crazy i'm working at night all the time it's crazy ah, ah. and then 
it was just making me feel so lazy and lethargic and gross. I just felt so bad about myself. I hadn't been going to the gym anymore. Like it was not good. And then New Year's Eve came and we said, okay, you know what? This is our last night of vaping and we're going to be done. And, um, I've been one month without a vape. Um, all of January, I didn't do it. And uh, I guess half of February too. So we're on our way. Uh, so see, quitting can be positive. So basically I had more things that I was going to talk about, but I think I hit all the main points. Um, the ones that really mattered, what I wanted to talk about, but quitting is okay. Okay. Like you can quit. Don't feel bad about it because the honest truth about all of this, all of us, we are all replaceable. We are so replaceable. So don't give people any time of day if it they're not they're not giving you anything. If they're not making you feel worth it or like a person or they're not valuing your time, your energy, your work, drop them. Drop them off the face of this earth, Mariana Dupree, St. Clair. And that's that on that. Shout out to Emma Lux. <laughs> Okay, quick. I'm going to skip the entertainment spotlight of the week this week because I'm not really... Nothing this week has been any different. I'm just, like, loving podcasts. Baba Monet's podcast, uh, Alaskan Willem's podcast, Brittany Brosey's podcast, all great. Really fantastic. Fantastic stuff. Um, but so Drag Race this week was the Rusical. It was the sound of Ruzik. And it was really good. It was cute. Everyone was fantastic. Um... I've noticed recently that they don't really have, they don't show anyone being Floptina in the Rusicals anymore. Everyone's just kind of good. If someone's bad and going home, they just like, don't put the camera on them. So that was a little annoying. I was like, no, like I want to see Megami like saying, like do the thing. And I was like, but they just, she just didn't have any screen time. So I was like, oh yeah, I guess I was wrong. Megami didn't win the season, (laughs) whatever. But, um, I mean, this was just Plasma's episode. (laughs) Like she ate down every moment. She was so good. She was so in it. She was so energetic. She never missed a beat. All the little nuances she did were so good. And it was over the top and a little cringy, but it worked, you know? And her runway was beautiful. She looked so good. And so it was just her episode. But going back a little bit, um, I'm nervous for my girl Morphine. Like, uh, that was her first time, like, in the bottom, and I just want, uh, I want her to do better, but I know it's, the writing's on the wall for her, I think. Zunami is the first queen to be safe for seven episodes in a row. She's never been in the top, never been in the bottom. She's just been safe seven episodes in a row. Isn't that crazy? She looked beautiful in this challenge, though, as the Baronet. Her and the, the three of them, like, aesthetically... Q, Plain, and Tsunami looked so right. They looked so good in the challenge, and they were funny. I liked them a lot. Um, I probably didn't like the the Von Trapp children spoof the most. Dawn looked really cute in that wig, but the rest of them, I just, like, uh, they, were, they were a chop for me. And I didn't mind the nuns. Uh, Maya's, like, habit falling over her face was actually really funny. But I was like, yeah, who else is going to be in the bottom for this, you know? And Morphine looked really good, and she was funny, but just, yeah. I didn't think Safira was that great. I thought she was good, but I didn't think she was, like, top placement worthy, but her runway was. That huge flower thing, oh my god, it was gorgeous. Um, it, and it, I laughed when Morphine came down the runway after those two, because... Um, Plasma just looked so good, Safira was this huge, grand thing, and then she was wearing this, like, a Halloween hippie costume with like six bedazzled rhinestones on it. I was like, okay, you better work, bitch. I like the like clever little thing she does. Like she had the long nail with the doll thing and then she had the LSD tablet on her uh, tongue, like the sticker. So she's cute for that. I just like, I love that queen. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, a Dawn's look was fierce. That like devil-y thing. Oh, the devil roses. And like, it was like, oh, I love that color of red and that dark, almost black blue. Really good. Um, this runway was phenomenal. Maya looked amazing. Um, who else? Plain was the one. Hers was a little chop, but it was cute. Like, it, it did the job. I think Plain will win Snatch Game. That kind of makes sense for me. But I wouldn't be surprised if Nymphia or something is, like, really good. Or, I, and I hope Plasma's good, too. Um, but I think the flops of Snatch Game will be, unfortunately, Morphine, Tsunami, and 
maybe Safira. But it depends on what she does. Wait, I think in the trailer she did Jane Goodall and it looked funny. So maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I feel like I'm forgetting about someone. Dawn. <gasps> no, I feel like Dawn will be good. I don't know. We'll see. But um, cheers to the season of Drag Race. I really am enjoying it. It's really good this year. Uh, I like this cast of characters. Dawn's becoming like a little bit of like a villain though. She's like eking in there. She was being very vocal about how much she kind of hates everyone. <laughs> She's like, theater kids are annoying. I hate them. And I don't know. I didn't, I didn't love the attitude, but she's a fun she's fun it's all it's all good and fun well thank you all for listening to this episode of psychic trash uh i hope you all go out there you know what go out there and quit something give them a good old quit uh love you all so much i hope you have a beautiful day i hope you have a great week and this is hunter love you all so much see you soon bye